because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. pray with me. Lord, we come to you this morning, Lord, we thank you for this day. Uh, Lord, we thank you for beautiful, bright sunshine this morning, Lord, and we thank you for uh, things that are growing, Lord, things that are greening up. Lord, we thank you for uh, a beautiful time of year. Lord, we thank you that you designed it all, Lord, and you uh, made it a place for us um, to live and to enjoy, Lord, until we get to be with you someday. Lord, we, uh, we have many on our prayer list and our concerns, Lord, we pray that you would uh, touch each and every one of them, Lord. Lord, we thank you that uh, we see Eugene here this morning. Lord, we're thankful that uh, PJ's here with us as well, Lord. We thank you for um, the work you're doing there. Lord, we pray that you continue to do so. We pray that you give them strength and healing, Lord, um, that only you can provide. Lord, we pray for our service today, Lord. We pray that uh, our hearts will be lifted to you. Lord, we pray that uh, our ears and our minds will be opened, Lord, and our hearts will be changed. Lord, we thank you most of all for the gift that, uh, that you sent in your son Jesus. We thank you for the, the power that he had, Lord, that he took to the cross and he took our sins uh, and our shames with him. It's in his name we pray. Amen. I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. You know the Lord liveth, and blessed be the rock. Let God my salvation be exalted. You know the Lord liveth, and blessed be the rock. Let God my salvation be exalted. Jesus Christ died for me. Took away my sin. I will live with him for eternity. You know the Lord liveth, and blessed be the rock, let God my salvation be exalted. You know the Lord liveth, and blessed be the rock, let God my salvation be exalted. You know the Lord. And blessed be the rock, let God my salvation be exalted. You know the Lord liveth, and blessed be the rock, let God my salvation be exalted. I will call upon the a song to prepare our minds for the Lord's Supper this morning. <laughs> Your only Son, no sin to hide, but you have sent Him from your side to walk upon this guilty son and to become the Lamb. Oh, God. 
Something that uh, was in our Bible reading, eh, it's probably been a few days ago, but first I'm going to ask a couple questions. Um, first question I want to say is, what does it mean to know someone versus to know who they are or about them? Um, and I was just kind of writing a couple thoughts. You know, one, to know someone is relationship, right? Like, um, I could tell you a lot of things about my wife, you know, because I know her, because we have relationship, you know, and she's not here this morning, so I'm going to tell you, like, she hates to be tickled. Like, she'll probably punch you if you did it. Um, there's very few things that would incite violence in her like that. <laughs> um, you know, and, and there's lots of other things, but I mean, that's not something that someone who just knows who she is could tell you, you know, so there's a difference between relationship and what I wrote in my notes is a, a wiki ship, so everyone knows what Wikipedia is, and for Tim Gamp's uh, benefit, is not a reliable source, so don't cite Wikipedia, <laughs> all you students out there, um, but that's the difference, right, I can look up something about someone and tell you some facts, quote unquote facts, I can tell you some information but I don't really know anything about them. I don't know who they are. And so the, um, the story that, that I'm referring to um, is in the Old Testament, and it's when David basically gets in trouble for numbering the fighting men of Israel. Um, lots of uh, reasons why that might be, but you know maybe it's because he was kind of getting prideful of all of his uh, all of his success, all of his victories, and he's like, yeah, I want to just see what we've got here. And instead of acknowledging God for all of his success, he maybe thought it was on his own uh, strength and might. Whatever the reason is, David gets in trouble with God about it. And so he has to pick. He has to pick one of three options. One, he has to decide, is it going to be a famine that's going to strike the country? Two, are you going to spend... Um, time running from your enemies? Are you going to be given over into the hands of men? Or three, are you going to be given over to the hands of God? You know, is a plague going to strike the country and 
decimate the country, basically. And so um, David says, <clears throat> you know, after the prophet tells him these things, he says, um, I'm in deep distress. He said, let us fall into the hands of the Lord, for his mercy is great. Um, and, if you, and that's from 2 Samuel. But if you read over in uh, 1 Chronicles, um, I believe he says something about, you know, that the mercy, or, you know, God's mercy is great. I'll just flip over there real quick. And that he might relent from his anger. So the difference in those three things is that David wants to give himself over into God's hands because David knows God, and David knows that God is merciful. Um, and so my question for us this morning is, what do we know about God? How do we know God? And in relation to the communion service, um, I just want to ask you a few questions. Do you know that God loves you? I mean, do you really know that, like, deep down in your being? Do you know that? Do you know that God is merciful? Do you know that God wants to bless you? And do you know that God died to save you? Those are all very foundational, somewhat maybe elementary questions, but they're very core to what we're doing right now. Like, we, know, we need to know those things. We need to know that that's who God is. That God is love. God is merciful. God died to save us. And that's what we're doing right now. We're remembering that sacrifice because that's what brings us into this relationship. That's what brings us into this family. You know, we're not doing this because we're afraid of what the outcome would be. We're putting our hands or we're putting ourselves into God's hands. And by joining into this family, we're saying, we're trusting that God is merciful. We're trusting that God is gracious and that God is going to take care of us because he said he would. So as we partake of the bread this morning, um, let's just remember who God is. Let's remember what our relationship is with him. And if we don't have that good relationship, then let today be your start for that. Let today be the, the time that you get back into that relationship um, of, of communion and, and covenant with him. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the blessing of being here. God, we thank you for um, the sacrifice that was made on our behalf, uh, something that we cannot do. Father, we can't save ourselves. Uh, Father, you are the only one who can provide that for us. Uh, Father, and you have done that uh, so well. Father, with your uh, gift of your son uh, in our place. Uh, Father, that gift of his life for ours. Uh, to bring us into your family, to be called sons and daughters of yours. So, Father, just pray that as we, um, as we go through this time of communion with you and with each other, Father, that that would be fresh in our minds. God, that we would celebrate the life that Jesus lived, uh, the death that he died. Uh, Father, in the resurrection, the life that he uh, has now, Father, that we are, um, we are promised the same. Uh, God, and I just uh, thank you for your mercy and thank you for your grace. In his name we pray. Amen.
Let's bow again as we give thanks for the cup. Father, again, we come to you, uh, God, and we're thankful for uh, this cup that represents your son's blood. Uh, Father, the, the blood that cleanses us daily. Uh, the, Father, the blood that makes us uh, pure in your sight. Um, God, that clothes us and makes us um, look like Jesus. Uh, Father, and I pray that our lives would I pray that our lives would reflect that, Father, that we would walk uh, with you every day. Uh, Father, that we would seek a better relationship with you, that we would seek a relationship that looks like Jesus. Uh, Father, with, um, with you, with the people around us. Uh, Father, we can, we can love the way he loved and we can care for people. Father, we can see people the way that he sees them. Uh, Father, and we can, um, we can just be who you want us to be in this world. Uh, Father, and just... Um, Pray as we go through this time uh, that we would enjoy the time together. Uh, Father, we would enjoy this communion. Father, that it would uh, renew us, renew our, our minds and our spirits. Uh, Father, that it would encourage us in you. Uh, Father, it would encourage us in who you are, uh, God, and who you want to be to us. Um, God, I just thank you again for today and just bless the rest of our time together. In Christ's name, amen. Hallelujah, praise Jehovah, from the heavens praise his name, praise Jehovah in the highest, all his angels praise proclaim, all his hosts together praise him, sun and moon and stars on high. 
fears and failures fill my life again. I give my life to follow everything I believe in. Now I surrender. Savior, He can move the mountains. My Anywhere, anywhere, fear I cannot know. 
anywhere with Jesus I can safely go. Please be seated. Good morning, sunshine. It is good to see you this morning. That's good to that's good to be me. I hope you're enjoying being you today. That's the only one God made you to be, so may as well like it, right? So um, this morning before we pray, we plowed through the, the, uh, the fruit of the Spirit, wonderful um, things that God blessed us with there. And the intent was to drive us deeper into, or to develop us, that's a better word, develop us deeper in Him, that, that, that if we're His children, if we're those who have given our lives to Him, that He would be coming to life in us and squeezing the death that would be us in us out. So he would be developing himself more in us. And last week, of course, Mother's Day, who deserves a day uh, more than, I mean, other than Jesus and God. I mean, I mean, after them would be definitely, you know, mothers. We love our mothers. And then, uh, but, but a natural step in my mind um, is this. In wrestling with some things that are coming up, you know, this, thir- this Wednesday, we're going to go uh, to Columbus, uh, several of us uh, from intermission. Um, and spend the night, fly out early in the morning. That's the plan to go to Honduras. Um, a few people still working on their finances. Shameless plug. If you've got about a $5 bill or a $500 bill or a, you know, and you want to slide that, we'll make sure they work hard. Anyway, I'm done with that. Back to this. In wrestling with that and thinking along the lines of what we'd been doing, um, this, this naturally just kind of came to the top. I was thinking of the, uh, the, the, over the last few weeks, months, about Honduras, what it looks like when we're there, how to see better. While we're there seeing differently, how could we bring it back here and see as well? As a society, we don't always see so well. You know, we become kind of blind to things. We go get this little, whoa, this is what it looks like. And, uh, and then you see better if, if, if you allow those things. So this kind of was developed out of thinking with that. This isn't all of it. There are a few messages here over the next few weeks, God giving us those that we'll share on this. But it's leading somewhere in some research I've been wrestling with, which will be interesting to you. Um, Over the last several decades, um, there's been a lot of hack research, a lot of, hey, let's pull 10 people in the congregation or several people who will say what we want them to say or shape their thoughts the way we want them to be shaped on why the church is not doing so well in, you know, over the last several years. And, and a lot of us comfortably blame COVID and things like that, which we all actually know that COVID was just gasoline on a fire that was already burning. The church has not been doing well over, in, in, the, in the United States for sure over the last several decades. We kind of know that. We're a post-Christian nation. It's hard to admit it to ourselves. You know, we're those that are like, where did everybody go? When did this happen? Though we knew it's been, you know, there's been a back door that's been open. And, and so, so the, 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 the response, for, the, the thought for me was, you know, wrestling with, why is this going on? And, and oh, like in the last couple of years, I just got a hold of some of this research a few weeks ago. Over the last couple of years, there were some people doing some incredibly deep academic research on this. Very academic type research. Like your Kroger Plus card, you know, when you scan it and you think, oh, I scanned this and they give me a discount at the gas pump. No. <laughs> when you scan it, 
They know everything about you, what you buy, everything that you do. Some of you know this, and some of you don't. I'm sorry to inform you about this. When you scan that card, that's why you're getting those coupons, okay? They know when you have a baby, you buy diapers. They know when your baby's gone, because you don't buy diapers anymore. They know whenever you buy whatever, denture cream, toilet paper, wipes, whatever. They know it all. It all goes somewhere. Well, these... This, this, this group hired the company that does that for Kroger and other places, and they've done some incredible research. We're not going there right now. I'm praying and hoping that I have the capacity up here and in here and that the Lord can get us to a place where we can talk about some of that. But this is the very basics of that. If you could compile it all and say what's going on, what has been going on, why. One of the main reasons that we wrestle as a society it's just the basic, the basic tenets of, 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 of just being a child of God, being the, just the basics of who Jesus was, learning to carry those things into the world. The, 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 the information was so interesting to me. Just one more little blurb about it, and we'll go on. Did you know that men who are leaders in the church, men from 20 to 55 don't know a clue about the Bible? <laughs> In their leaders in our churches. And so when culture shifts, they just leave. Oh, we're going to do, oh, we're, we're going to go to the park and play tennis every day now. We're going to go play pickleball with my boys every day now. Why aren't they at church anymore? Well, I mean, culture shifted and they rolled with it. However, women who don't go to church much anymore, either from about 32 to 50s, are deeper theologically than most all the men in the church. And they don't come to church either because they're just like, oh, they lead and they don't know what they're talking about. I have no say, so why am I doing this? That's interesting, right? You should shake your head and go, that's really weird. We need to do something different. And we're going to. We're going to do something different. We're all going to get better at this and we're going to roll deeper into this. The leaving is not the option, though it has definitely been the option. Because some of you are sitting there right now going, I feel that exactly. Some of you men are going, yeah, I don't have a clue what we're talking about day after day after day. And some of the women are going, Jamie, your sermons are so shallow. I yawn myself. I knew that in third grade. And that's the truth as well. Kendall, I know, man, I mean, some of you girls are like, what are we doing here? <laughs> Why are we doing this? I got this from VeggieTales. I learned while the guys are like, VeggieTales and gaming and texting my friends. The girl's like, this is really good. I'm, I'm speaking the truth up here. You need to hear, do not, do not think this is not important. Because we'll be talking about this in another decade and there'll only be about five people here. It's creepy to me that 10 years ago, I would stand 10 college students up here and say eight of 10 of them won't be here if we don't do something about this. Now I'm like looking around going, I need to do 10 members up here and say 10 of 10 are not going to be here if we don't do something about this. We hear each other, right? This is a huge deal. I, I, this thing keeps shifting. I don't have it. I might have an issue. I don't know. Anyway. So in that discussion, this, the very basics of that, this was kind of born. What I struggle with in compiling all, in, I, I didn't compile, but in reading it and wrestling with it and compiling some things that I've been working with, trying to figure out where we would go and what we would do to start our hearts shifting in the right direction was just to think about this. You know, when we think about any kind of service at intermission, we think about any kind of service here, we're going to Honduras or anywhere, the, the typical theme 
that comes up is we want to see like Jesus saw. We want to stay in the moment. We want to serve like Jesus served. And ultimately, someone's going to play the song by Brandon Heath, Give Me Your Eyes. Someone's going to play the song by Audio Adrenaline, I want to be your hands, I want to be your feet. However, reading the verses in Scripture... And hearing the song, though it might stir your heart, does not mean you go and our hands and feet to anybody, nor do you see anything deeper than there's a person moving on. There's a person moving on. It's awesome, and you know this feeling, when you see somebody, see somebody, right? Or when somebody sees you. The, 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 a few years ago, we were in uh, uh, Angel's Landing, and this lady had um, dealt with, I'm going to try to give myself a little more slack here, okay? I know you guys are like, you give yourself way too much slack. You need it. Anyway, um, so um, we're, we're, this lady, we're climbing Angel's Landing. Try to keep the story short. There's a lady named Marie with her, her granddaughter, Sam. They're climbing Angel's Landing as well. And we've got a larger group. And we pass them. And then we pause to breathe a little bit and hang out. And then they pass us. And we pass them. And they pass us. And we pass them. So what's, what's, what's going on with you? Eventually, you got to talk. You gotta talk. I, I can't stand to keep hanging around somebody and not talking. It's like, what's up? What's your story? Well, we're just here doing this. I'm with my granddaughter, blah, blah, blah. Okay, cool. I'm with my grandparents, too, and uh, college students. And, and we're going somewhere. We get to the top. We see everything. And um, on the way down, just as we're starting down, I see Marie, the, 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 the older lady. Sam is nowhere to be found. Marie, where's Sam? Oh, she couldn't make it. She got kind of scared at the narrow part. I said, that's cool. So how are you doing? She goes, honestly, I'm kind of scared. I don't know why. I'm afraid because I don't know how I'm getting down. I'm like, well, do you want to join us? Yeah, I'd love to join you. All right, come on. So, Marie, what are you doing here? It's me. I think Jenna's behind me. I don't remember after Jenna because Jenna kept being afraid, right? She's like, what are you doing here? What are we going to do? I don't remember who's next in line. But Jenna was afraid because the woman was afraid because she kept thinking I'm just kind of reckless, you know? But Marie's right behind me, and I ask her a few questions. So, so what brought you to climb Angel's, Angel's Landing? Well, she didn't come to climb Angel's She came to climb Angel's Landing, but she also came because of Zion. And she read in the Old Testament that God did cool things on Mount Zion, and her nephew struggling with incredible drug addiction. She thought if she could get to the top of Mount Zion at Angel's Landing, she could pray for him, and he would hopefully have some kind of a breakthrough. Now she's scared to come down. We'll get you down. So, so we help her and kind of guide her through some pretty tricky steps, get her back to the landing where Sam was, and then we pull over to the side because we don't want to make a spectacle. Hey, do you, wanna, do you want us to pray with you? I would love that. So our group, we pull over to the side and back by, by some rocks over here, and we just pray. Unintention, no intention to be seen, anything except to pray with her. But as I leave, as we're walking away, and I've told this story here before, I feel like it's in this old, this old slow motion action movie or something. Because start moving through this crowd. And in the crowd across the room, like by Jake Dress back, back there who hates being seen right now. If you want to make someone nervous, just turn and look at Jake. He'll be melt down. But, 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 we, but, you know, he's like that far away. But I start walking through and my eyes just catch this guy. This will not stay on my ear. Who's just looking at me like and doing this. All the way, as far as I walk, he's just doing this. I wanted to go talk to him. I want to know, what, did you, what do you know, man? What do you see? What's going on? But I know what he saw. 
He saw us hiding away, not trying to bring attention to ourselves, but in, had a big Atlanta shirt on, you know, and, uh, and, and I, I just want to go say, what, what's up? He, his eyes were so like, in, not unlocked, like just locked as far as I'm walking. He's just doing this. And then I'm just like, what am I supposed to do? And I just did that. It's a cool moment, you know. I'm not really as cool as I think I am. Do we walk? I'm walking like 50 yards. The guy will not stop. He's just shaking his head. And, and I, I knew right then he saw me. Have you ever been seen? I mean, have you ever really been seen? Do you know when you've been seen? And have you ever really seen anyone? I'll tell you who, who has seen men sitting in restaurants when women walk by with certain clothes on. I, watch, I like watching people. And men walk by or women walk by in a restaurant. I'm watching guys. You know what guys are doing? You know what she's doing? Look at him right in the eyes going, really? That's all you see in me. That's all you see in me. You don't see me. You're just seeing, right? You understand Seeing is a big deal. Give me your eyes. So Jesus, here's the power of what Jesus does, man. Jesus always, always, always sees. And he teaches us an awesome lesson about it right here. Let me get this rolling. In, in Matthew chapter 8. Let's pray, then we're going to step on into this. Father, thank you for this blessing of being here today. Thank you for your love and the way you lead us. Thank you for the opportunity, God, to in, invite you to open our eyes to see what you see, to give us your eyes, God. Thank you for the invi invitation to be those who allow you to see through us. We love you and pray that you'll do this, you'll develop us this more in us today. In your son's name we pray, amen. So in Matthew chapter 8, Jesus, this is a cool story because Jesus has been doing a lot of healing, a lot of um, convicting, a lot of challenging, a lot of really neat things. Then it says, he went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, the good news of, he's healing and saying, hey, the kingdom of heaven is in, I came to save you from your sin. God sent me to fix all of this for you, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to see that all of this is put back to right, right? The good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. And when he saw the crowds, oh, look, there's a bunch of people like, no, 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 no. He didn't say, hey, count them. There's got to be a million people here. No, he doesn't see that. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus doesn't come to Sunday morning church and look over here and see how many people showed up today. I stand right there, by the way. Uh, invitation song, and when the person goes out, I see everybody's like, whoosh. It's hard not to, right? I mean, it's a, is, it a, it, is it distracting? Or do you just want to know? Jesus doesn't see like that. Jesus sees a crowd and he's watching what's going on. I see your hurting. I see your brokenness. I see your wound. I see your distance from God. I see what you want. I see that there's a struggle. I see you'd be closer if you had a chance. I know you're just waiting for something to break through. I know all of that. And he says, I, he saw that they were, they were harassed, spiritually harassed. Satan is just bothering them and they can do nothing about it. 
like sheep without a shepherd. Well, we call them as rebellious. We call them the world, those who don't want to know Jesus, and they're probably going to hell anyway. They would be here if they didn't. But Jesus did not go to synagogue and say, everybody get to synagogue, and if you get to synagogue, I'll help you. No, he went there. They followed him anywhere because he would go to them, and he would teach them and share and love and heal. He was going to them and he's the one we're called to follow. Not Jamie to church, not our elders to church, not our deacons to church, not your best friend to church. Though church is a part of the Christian life, God makes very clear. But this grows because we're doing that. This grows because we're seeing and we're encouraging, we're seeing and we're helping, we're seeing and we're, we see they're harassed and helpless. Shoot, we are harassed and helpless. Let's be honest. If we take a poll, we still need saving, don't we? I mean, don't we still need saving? Don't you need saving? I know I'll talk to Zach in a few minutes. I'll talk to Josh in a few minutes. I'll talk to Jeff and I'll talk to Sean. And I'll say, hey, you need saving right now. I need saving right now. I need Jesus every single day. I need him to see me new. I need his mercies that are new every morning. And so he sees them. And he realize, or he doesn't realize, he knows this. He's watching. They're like sheep without a shepherd. What's a shepherd? Well, he leads sheep. You know the, the, the story. We love the story in John. What, what, what happens? Well, they, the lost sheep, lost son, lost coin. We love that. Lost sheep, Luke. Lost sheep, lost son, lost coin. What happens to the one sheep, the one sheep wanders off? Why? Because, you know, it just gets away from the shepherd. He, 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 he makes it very, very simple for us, especially farming community, right? They're like sheep who don't have a shepherd. They're not bobcats. They're not wild stallions. They're none of those things. They're not cats. You got a herd. You heard a cat, whatever. They're, they're just sheep. And they need a shepherd. We're just sheep. And we need a shepherd. But eyes that see are the only way we know that because eyes that don't see just look and say, you don't care. How many times have you heard that from people? People that should know better, people who should have eyes to see, don't see that. They don't see the brokenness and the wound and the unhealth. They just see themselves threatened. The church is not doing so well. Oh, no, what am I going to do? Well, if you want to know what Jesus would say to do, he'd say, get off your rear end. <laughs> get out there and serve the world, man. Do something. Wake up. Sorry for saying rear end in church. This thing won't stay on. It makes me say things. Matthew 9, 30, pushing on in the same chapter. Then he said to his disciples, I see them. They're like sheep without a shepherd. They don't know where to go or what to do. And he says to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Man, when I was growing up, this verse scared me so bad. Harvest made me think, and I was taught to think, harvest is hell. Everything's getting hacked down and getting bad, getting thrown away, goods getting brought in. Harvest is a beautiful time, isn't it? For the farmer and for things being harvested. What are you if you're a corn, if you're a corn, if you're a corn, you want to stay on the stalk all your life? No, you want to be harvested by a farmer that loves you and won't just toss you and let you rot here, but harvest you and let you find all your purpose. I'm nourishment. I'm a corn. I know it's not a corn, but I know I'm a corn. I'm nourishment to somebody or something, right? 
That's what, that's what the harvest is. It's something. It's food. It's whatever. It has a purpose for more and for it's supposed to grow and be bountiful. And so, so Jesus is like, oh, my. There is so much. I see you, Cooney. There is so much harvesting to be done out here. We need workers. And Jesus does what he rarely does in Scripture. He tells you what to pray for. He tells them what to pray for. Pray that the Lord of harvest sends forth reapers. And so we today would say, well, we need to pray that the Lord of harvest sends forth reapers. And I say, I agree. The problem is, and there's a problem with that. As soon as you do, the Lord's going to look at you and say, okay, reaper, let's go. Wait, I said send forth reapers. Okay, reaper, let's go. You have a corn to save. Let's go do something about it. It's time to harvest it. Bring it in. Put it where it belongs. And then what happens? And then next year we'll take some of that and plant and do and grow and be and whatever. We'll feed. We'll help. So, so Jesus says this, and it's amazing. But watch this. Here's something about tending to harvest. In the next passage, which is really interesting, Romans 8, 38 and 39, for I'm convinced, here's something Paul's saying, he's talking about how much God loves us and how awesome his love is, never ending, always, 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 nothing can separate you. For I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Love there. That word love in Greek is the same word this, when Jesus saw them and had compassion on them. Isn't that interesting? Same word. Jesus saw them and had compassion on them. Nothing can separate you from them. He saw them and had love for them. He, he, nothing can separate you from the love of God. He saw them and had compassion. No, nothing can separate you from the compassion of God. Isn't that cool? The, 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 the interplay of these verses, are, are, they're so powerful. Brandon Heath in the, in the song that... that um, I chase for the theme for this. In the chorus, some of you know it, and you'll start singing it as I say this. The chorus says, give me your eyes for just one second. Give me your eyes so I can see. Everything that I keep missing, give me your love for humanity. Give me your arms for the brokenhearted, the ones that are far beyond my reach. Give me your heart for the broken, or for the ones forgotten. Give me your heart for the ones forgotten. Give me your eyes so that I can see. And, and, and so... So, so, so the, he's making a point, and, and God is very clear about that. You don't have right eyes. You don't, you don't, I mean, we could go back and think about retinal detachments and stuff like that and how vision's blurry and we don't see so well, and it needs healed, and we need to get to better places. But the power of this story is Jesus sees, and he sees everything. And whether or not you think you're seen, he sees you. I mean, like the, so much more than the guy at Angel's Landing is watching, seeing me. And I know when I've been seen, and you know when someone's seen you. I mean, we know that, what that means to be seen. And, and, and God is saying, listen, here's the thing, though. If you're my child, not, not I mean, the if thing is on you and him. But eyes that see are not an option. Eyes that see are a mandate. Eyes that see are not an option. Eyes that see are a mandate. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, and nothing should be able to separate the world from you. You should, I mean, not the, I don't mean the evil, but the seeing it and understanding it. So, so a natural question would be, <laughs> eyes that fail to see, what, what happens there? 
What happens when we have eyes but we don't see? What happens when, whenever, like this, Jesus feeds 5,000 people, right? And plus women and children, and there's a lot of stuff taken back. And a little bit later, Jesus feeds 4,000 people. Not same story, not misprinted. He feeds 4,000. The disciples and Jesus get in the boat, and Jesus says, Beware the yeast of the Pharisees. Mark chapter 8. Beware the yeast of the Pharisees. And they're like, oh, it's because we have no bread that he said, Beware the yeast of the Pharisees. And it's like, I just fed 4,000 people. Beware the yeast of the And this is what he says to them. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them, Why are you talking about having no bread? I mean, he's literally saying, What are you talking about? Do you still not see or understand? Walking with them every day, still not seeing. Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember? You remember? When I, when I, when I, you know, the 5,000 and then the 4,000, how many baskets in the oh, 12, oh, seven. How do you still not understand? How do we still not understand? Thelma McLaughlin, a dear friend of mine, said, Conspiracy theories can give you someone to hate. That's what ends up happening to the world. We make up all kinds of stories of why we're not going to the world. But Jesus gives you a world to love. Isn't that, isn't that powerful? Conspiracies give you someone to hate. Stay away from them. We know what they've been about. Watch the, watch the conservatives. Watch the liberals. Watch the, in, in, watch the you know, watch the, watch the, Jesus gives you a world to love. Okay, so a couple of things here. Then if we're going to have the eyes to see like Jesus, here's a couple of things that have to happen, and we're going to walk out of here. One, you have to remember that you're not your own. You can't just come to church and think your eyes are going to see better. You can't just sing some worship songs and think you're a child of God. And you, none of those kinds of things. And even getting him in his, in his word, if you don't have a heart to see and allow him to make you someone who can understand and perceive. David, David even says in Psalm 108, 119, 108, give me eyes that I can see the hidden secrets in your word. So one, eyes change, vision changes by remembering you're not your own. You were made for him he died for you to have eternal life because he saw you and knew you needed it. And then his call was to follow me. And one of the things that happened when you follow him is you have a vision change. You have a, you have a heart change, and it, and it deals with your vision. And number two is staying close enough to him to see what he sees and why he sees it. To see what he sees. You know people who you walk with sometimes like, I would have never seen that. I had no clue that was there. And from now on, you see it every time, right? Can't get away from it. And here's your message. You have no other message but this one. It isn't go get baptized. God will deal with that in time. It isn't you better get to church. None of those stories. If the church is going to change and be healthy, it's going to meet the world where the world is. And if we're going to change and be healthy, right, we got to see one another differently. I do not expect you to be perfect. And I thank God you don't expect me to be perfect. What I expect is that we're in this story together. The broken mess that we are saved by Jesus, made perfect in God's eyes, made perfect in God's eyes, but struggling along with one another, helping each other be stronger in him. And so he says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, all you who are weary and burdened. Even if you're 
going to church and you're still weary and burdened, like you came to church and that should have been gone by now. If you were a good child of God, you wouldn't be weary and burdened anymore. Wow. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. You'll find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You see a guy when it comes harvest time. You see this man at harvest time. He's gentle because, you know, you can destroy a harvest. I remember one time wanting to burn a little bit of some brush up near one of the fields at harvest time. And I said to Don, hey, I think I'll burn this. He's like, not right now. Don't burn right now. You burn our whole, you know, you'll burn the whole crop. Why? Because you're gentle at harvest time, right? You're wise, man. You take care of those you understand because you because you have eyes to see what's going on do you still not understand you have eyes and not see and ears and not hear if you're not a child of god today this is your day man to give your life to him you could step forward here and one of our elders would step up and immerse you into him if you are struggling with any of this they'll walk with you we all have vision issues we all have struggles with this. They'll pray with you. If you're online, you can touch base with us. We'll help any way we can. Why don't you come as we stand and see? My Jesus, I love thee. I
Um, just take time to read the bulletin. It's full of all kinds of information and dates. Um, pay close attention to the sick list and let's be praying for those people. Um, we do have an update on Debbie Razor. She was able to come home. Uh, so we're glad, we're glad about that, that she was able to get home. I don't see, uh, Nola was with us Wednesday evening, so that was good news. Um, and then I've got a couple of updates here, or a couple of new requests here. Penny's asking us to pray for Donald Stiltner, uh, former business agent for Penny, um, his brother, I think that's, is it Mont, what, what is his brother's first name? Monta? Okay. Anyway, it's Donald Stiltner's brother passed away, so she's asking that we would pray for the family also. And then um, Marvin Rice, this is a client of Therese Jones, fell and broke his hip Friday morning, scheduled for surgery this morning, today. Pray for him and the family. So it must be a pretty serious thing if they're doing surgery on Sunday. Uh, we can remember him in our prayers. There's going to be, uh, right after we say the dismissal prayer, if you just stay in your seats for a few moments, there's going to be a video of our uh, high school seniors this year. And mentioning that, I didn't pay close enough attention, but Tammy did. She said the information on Annie Carell was wrong as it was being flashed up here. Uh, but it's in the bulletin. You're invited to a graduation party honoring Annie Carell Sunday, May 28th, 6 to 9 p.m. at 1849 Turkey Foot Road. And then the Gracial family uh, at their home, 146 Hanson Morgan, uh, from 4 to 8, Saturday, May 27th. So uh, two days in a row there. Uh, you can go out and celebrate with the graduates. Remember VBS coming up and our directory. If you haven't gotten your picture taken, let's make sure we try and get it done so it doesn't drag along. We'd like to get this, we'd like to get this directory printed. So make sure you get your picture in and fill out the little information sheet back there in the back. <coughs> Excuse me. And then Sunshine's Church Camp Week, July 9th through the 14th. Day Camp, July 10th through the 13th. And the free sale is back on the calendar. It'll be held July 29th. We'll start collecting things soon. So uh, if you have things that you want to put in that free sale, go ahead and start gathering them together at your home. <coughs> Excuse me. And we'll get, them, uh, we'll get them tallied up here at the building. I wanted to read <clears throat> from Ephesians chapter 4, <clears throat> verse 4 through 6. There is one body, one spirit, just as you also were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. Let's pray together. Father, we're thankful for the day you've blessed us with, for the beautiful sky this morning, Father. We're thankful for the chance that we have to assemble here together thankful for our brothers and sisters where we can come and fellowship together, Father, where we can sing songs of praise, where we can partake of your word and assemble around the communion table to remember your son. Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus, for the great gift he is for us, for the remission of our sins. Father, help us 
to rise up each day and that our goal would bring to be glory and honor to you and to your son. We thank you for your Holy Spirit who dwells inside of us. We thank you for your angels that minister to us, your word that teaches us. Father, just bless us as we go into this day. Bless our seniors as they're graduating high school and those that are graduating college. Uh, give them direction and help them to look to you for that direction in their lives. We love you, Father. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and delivered me from every fear. Those who look on him are radiant. They'll never be ashamed. They'll never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard me and saved me from my enemies. The Son of God surrounds his saints. He will deliver them. He will deliver them.
You made the rain, so when it falls on me, should I complain or feel you calling me? It's all on me to stay and really catch what you're showing. It's my roots that you're growing, 'cause life is more than this moment. You are the light. So when the darkness falls, the greatest heights they never seem so tall. No, not at all. You're right. It's my roots that you're growing. Don't wanna miss what you're showing. Ain't no doubt about you. Smile on the face of your boy. You're the flowers at the park in Detroit. Still the words on the back of our coins. Let's make some noise. You cover me, my defender, when you're rolling up your sleeve. You're the truth that's gonna set the captive free. The only king that's ever chose to bleed. That's what I believe. But they keep trying to make your glory fade. But I ain't really sweating what they say. Ain't no doubt about you. Sunshine above me, Lord, I love all the ways that you love me. You're the good, you're the good, you're the goodness. Through the good and the bad and the ugly, I can still feel the sunshine above me. Lord, I love all the ways that you love me. You're the good, you're the good, you're the good. You're the good, you're the good. Still the goodness in my life.